We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize. Come on down. I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame. Come on down. I'll make a deal just for that me spin the wheel. Come on down. To win a million bucks, all you need is a little luck and thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects. All right, welcome to an all-new episode of Come On Down, the Game Show podcast, hosted by me, John Baker. And me, your forced, Jonathan Motney. What was, what was that word? Forced. Forced? No, forced. You go forced. Oh, first? I'm saying it like Groucho Marx. First. There are only a couple words that he will... You go forced. Oh. And then he talks like this the rest of the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, are we going to do talk about a game show today? You bet your life we are. The, is it a game show? It's barely a game show. Correct. But I'm very excited to talk about this because this was one of the most interesting, unique, and one of the best game shows wow. I think I've ever watched. Whoa. All right. I guess uh, we don't have to do the rest of the episode because we've already gotten our conclusions. This out is right the first episode. Beginning. This is the first game show that I've really enjoyed. Well, all right. Uh, before we hop in... Uh-huh. Um, you've written, or you've received. I've received. Those are two R words. Yes. But one of well, them is... no. One of them is not. Hmm? Um, written. Right. R-I-T-T-E-N. Okay. So, you've received a, a spon- some sponsor copy here mm-hmm. that I'm assured is wildly offensive. Uh-huh. And whomever it offends, we will release this episode... On the date of their biggest uh, celebration yeah. about mm-hmm. themselves. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So, oh, you have the first line. That's weird. Weird. Our sponsor today combines the world of surround sound and the hectic world of nonstop news. This is so weird. I'm sorry. I'm just interrupting from the script for, yeah, for yeah. a quick second here. It's so weird because you just uh, bought a house uh, that was wired for surround sound. And mm-hmm. You've been talking about right. surround sound uh-huh. a lot recently. Sure, sure, sure. So it's a really, I mean, what a coincidence that the this company reached out to us. Yeah, another R word. Coincidence? Reached. Okay. <laughs> I usually get overwhelmed by the amount of news that's spread across a seemingly unending number of news sources. That's where surround sound nonstop news comes into help. Just install their patented five-speaker setup in your living room. One speaker can play the sound from your TV, one from your phone, another from a computer, plus two more. SSNN allows you to play five different audio sources from five different news sources at the same time. The amount of time it takes to consume your news gets cut in a fifth. You don't have to choose a story about how critical race theory is melting children's brains from Fox and how the survival of American democracy is not a given from CNN. Consume both at the same time and absorb the combined story about how the survival of critical democracy is not melting children's brains. It would take you two times as long to read a Breitbart article about how McCarthy wants Dr. Fauci to step down and a Vox article about how the far right is weaponizing climate change to argue against immigration. I don't have time to read both. What would the SSNN system combine those into? Cut your listening time in half and listen to a story about Dr. Fauci wants to step on far-right climate immigration. (laughs) I only have five minutes in the morning to read the news. What would a combined story sound like from five different sources? Oh, a very digestible news story. Why is Merrick Garland's slapped gag order against Joe Biden a journey back through the Kardashians as their TV show ends? Come on down, listeners. Get 10% off their five-speaker system when they enter the code LISTENONDOWN. SSNN, expand your brain by shrinking your time spending reading. Time spent reading. Wow. I love that system, and I'm glad I have a five-speaker surround sound now because I'm going to take... That really works out for you. Actually, it's interesting. You can't use any five-speaker surround sound. You have to buy their specific one. So I'm going to have to buy another five-speaker surround sound system for a total of 10. Yeah, you, you could always have more. (laughs) <laughs> more than 10 i've got 11 you have 11 i have 11 Wh- where do they even go on the 
on your in your room where you have this set up? Well, three of them go in front of me. Sure, that's a typical average mm-hmm. start. Two of them go to the side. And that's usually the end of a system. Two of them go behind. Behind your head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four of them go above. <laughs> so you so two parts of your three parts of your face are getting sound that don't have any sort of appendage on them that receive sound. No, I put ears on top of my head and behind my head. You put new ears yeah. on your face. Mm-hmm. Do you have to drill holes through your skull? Yeah, it was like a thing that um, uh, Helen Keller pioneered. Um, you know, because her regular ears didn't work so good. Her regular ears? Oh, right. Yeah. I would barely even call them ears, to be honest with what? you. They don't do what an ear is supposed to do. Right. They, what don't, do they... they don't get that title they don't get to bandy that name around right uh but yeah it was an experimental thing where they were putting uh parts of mice brains on the back of her head to try and make her hear Mm. um so that she could stop faking her whole uh blind and deaf thing she was faking it hey man i'm just telling you what the internet tells me hey you heard it here first okay so uh today on the show motney uh, just to, to give a little bit of a visual to our listeners, mm-hmm. uh, you were wearing a pink bow tie. Correct. With a uh, blue short sleeve shirt that shouldn't ever be worn with a bow tie. I mean, that's subjective. And you have a cigar. Right, an Ashton. In, in and out of your mouth. This is a, I believe it's a Churchill cigar. A Churchill cigar? Mm-hmm. Was that a brand? Uh, I don't think it's a brand. It's just a Churchill, Winston. Mm-hmm was known for smoking very long cigars. And so I think oh. that they were branded, oh, that's a Churchill cigar. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that about Winston. Good old Winnie. Sounds like you didn't know a lot of things about Winston Churchill. Uh, my great-great-great-grandmother mm-hmm. was Winston Churchill's nanny. So she's responsible for all the stuff he did. Yeah, for like winning the war and stuff. Wow. She taught him how to do that. Speak quietly and carry a big cigar. Wasn't that Teddy Roosevelt, the mm-hmm. first part of that? Right. Okay. Those are different people. Yes. Correct. Got it. Uh, one was, I think, probably dead before the other did most of the stuff that they're famous for. Right. So, uh, you're doing this all mm-hmm. to be like Grouch- cool. Groucho Marx? Is cool. That... I'm doing it to be cool. Okay. Because Groucho Marx was cool. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, You Bet Your Life, the show we're going to be talking about today, uh, coincidentally, was hosted by Groucho Marx. Did you know that? I did. Not until I started the episode. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) All right. So, Groucho Marx, um, I don't know how much you've known previously about Groucho Marx. I feel like we have to talk a little bit about Groucho Marx before we can even talk about what this game show is going into it i knew two things Mm -hmm. he had a usually a phenomenal mustache Mm -hmm. and he was in comedy yeah those are the two things you know about the glasses that you could buy presumably right with the nose and the mustache yeah yeah so that's about the most i know of groucho marx until recently the marx brothers i've heard of the marx brothers right he had cloned himself yeah and then used his clone and then he wrote the communist manifesto (laughs) so the marx brothers um started out as a uh a vaudeville act there was there was groucho chico harpo and gummo Mm -hmm. four brothers and they were like um, singers on, on the vaudeville circuit. They were trying to get their act uh, around. It wasn't uh, that successful. It didn't didn't do that great. They were, really? They like uh, they were trying to do, you know, the Northeast, the, the popular spot to do that sort of entertainment. Didn't go great. Kind of mo- moved into the Midwest to try it there. And then one day they, uh, for whatever reason, just started talking for like 40 minutes. <laughs> and just sat around talking and making jokes and the audience really loved it and so they had they had a little act that they did where they uh played these characters Mm -hmm. um and uh like chico would 
put on like a fake Italian accent. Um, Harpo didn't really like um, talking on stage. Yikes. So he just uh, wouldn't talk and would just pantomime everything. <laughs> and uh, Groucho, he he would do a, a German accent, mm-hmm. a German character. And then um, World War One really started. Oh, it really started. Really started it going was out of its going baby on. stages. Yeah, really started going on. It got its Series um, B funding. And yeah, it really took off. Exactly. Um, a lot, a lot of uh, angel investors. Uh-huh. Um, and then those investors actually coincidentally turned into angels. Yeah, because um, Germany went to war with um, the world, <laughs> and. So they would go and do their show, and Groucho would start talking in a German accent and get uh, booed mm-hmm. because those guys are bad doing they're doing bad stuff. Look, not right now. all Germans were bad; just most the most of the yeah SS officers and well, that was more of a sex sequel. That was more in the sequel. Oh, that was WW two. Mm-hmm. That's right. So. He dropped the German accent bit and got, made his character more of a, a fast-talking wisecracker, mm. you might say. Inappropriate. A fast-talking wise C-word. <laughs> I don't want to say it. I don't want to offend yeah. anybody. I, in case this comes out on White Pride Day or something. <laughs> I don't want anybody upset. <clears throat> um. And so, speaking of that war, uh, our boy Gummo, he got drafted off into there. Idiot. Uh, so he left, and uh, like their mom really wanted to stay with the four-man act. Luckily, they had another younger brother who hadn't, uh, you know, he was he was only like 18 at this point in time. How many people are in this family? Uh, well, there's five of them. And so Zeppo, he took Gummo's place. Okay. He stepped in. These are not their real names. No, these are not their real names. Uh, like, I think Groucho's real name was Julius. But... Caesar. Yes, he was He was actually reincarnated. <laughs> uh, I was getting to that, but you kind of spoiled it. Sorry. So they made some... Uh, they did a bunch of vaudeville shows. They were very successful with their comedy. They adapted it into movies. They I think they did like 13 movies as the Marx Brothers. Um, I think Zeppo dropped out after after the fifth. And then it was just kind of Chico, Harpo, and Groucho did the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, Groucho, he would he would wear a fake mustache. That was fake. And, well, hold on. He would wear a fake mustache. And then uh, one day in the 20s, he got... 1920. Uh, yes, 1920s. Not now. Not 2020. Not, not the now. Um, Why don't we call the 2020s the 20s? Because why don't we call it the 2020s? It's too new to us. 2020s, God, that sounds good. All right, everybody, start calling now times the 2020s. The 2020s. The Roaring 2020s. Um, and it'll just be a show on ABC on Friday night about a murder investigation or something. <laughs> and the murder is always a tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, the cops are always stumped at the beginning. And they- yeah. And the sketch artist is always is always just a sketch of a regular person. Yeah. Um, well, no, my plan but with a huge mane of hair. I shared this plan with my uh, wife the other day. I think mm-hmm. was that I think instead of sketch artists, we should give like uh, just sketch artists. N- well, okay, that's a that's one good idea. Okay, but my better idea <laughs> was that if you are like a um, witness to a crime or a murder sure. or something like that. We just give you a Mr. Potato Head, and you build the Mr. Potato Head to look like the murderer that you so saw. So there are five different faces you could potentially do. Have you seen police sketches before? Because I think there's two different faces, and they all look... <laughs> there's like a fat guy head and a skinny guy head. And then if they're like Hispanic, they give them a little dirty mustache. They do. Just because they're racist. Okay, so... A Mr. Potato Head. So what about a Mrs. Potato Head? Because some... Murderers aren't women. I mean, there there clearly have been some women murderers uh, through history. Have I mean... You yeah. think they could get away with that? Yes. What's the lady uh, who May- killed well, her Hold baby? on, hold on. What if... What if most of the serial killers have been women 
and they are just so good at getting away with it whoa that we don't even know that they're out there john wayne gacy was joyce wayne gacy exactly um but so he uh he had a uh, a fake mustache that he would wear, Groucho, in his stage performances, and he got sick of like the um, what, what did they call it? spirit gum? Remember that stuff? Spirit gum? Yeah, so they would call the stuff that you would put on like a fake beard or oh. mustache with uh, for the stage, and like ripping it off and all this stuff. And he was running late one day, and so he just took um, some black stuff and smeared it across uh, his his upper lip and then is he, that where that stuff comes from in the nfl yeah that was that was the that was the dawn of it they, wow. they all wanted to do a groucho thing and uh then he looked in the mirror and realized that it was way darker than his eyebrows and didn't look right mm-hmm. and so he filled in his <laughs> eyebrows with it also right and and this was just tar uh not tar i mean that would probably burn your face off i would have imagined <laughs> Um, but he would, like, he got a good reception from that, if you will. Or another R word. Uh, we're doing a lot of R words today. Yeah. Uh, grease paint is what they would call that that was oh, on wow. his face. And, uh, so he just continued doing that instead of a regular fake mustache. And so it was ridiculous looking and, and they made these movies. I watched one the other night, uh, called duck soup. Sounds delicious um apparently duck soup was a phrase back in the day that meant like oh that's easy that's duck soup did you research why did you just no. throw a duck in a pot of water and people it, called that's it duck how soup? it was that it was the easiest soup to make <laughs> <clears throat> um and so i watched duck soup it had uh groucho harpo chico and zeppo in it mm-hmm. and they did i mean it was a movie about groucho plays a guy named rufus t firefly who becomes leader of a small country called Fredonia and there's an impending war with a neighboring country and like Chico and Harpo are spies for that government and hijinks ensues and funny hijinks or detrimental hijinks I would say at the time in the 1930s funny uh-huh like it's um I mean, you know, Rufus T. Fire, like, so they play, they're playing characters that are not named Chico, Harpo, and Groucho. Right. Because they're actors. Right. But they're playing those characters as Chico, Harpo, and Groucho. So, like, Harpo still doesn't talk, and Chico still has an Italian accent, (laughs) and Groucho is still playing the Groucho character, and he has the grease paint and everything. So they just changed the names. Yeah, exactly. Um, And they do this in all their movies and it's their brand it's, though well right but it's like one of those things where like nowadays people are like man i don't know i don't like seth rogan he just plays the same character in every movie yeah. but this is literally they were playing the same character in every movie yeah uh that was the goal of it and people loved it because people they liked knew, it like it people don't know julius marks the man or they don't care about him they only care about groucho marks the character the performer sure Makes sense. So I think that I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know that we really have like a modern day version of that as much as like we had like Andy Kaufman. You know, he was Andy Kaufman was kind of a character of himself. But even within there, like Lotka was a different character and he would do his Elvis thing and his uh, Mighty Mouse thing. And those were all distinct personalities from Andy Kaufman. But uh, it made me think a lot about, like, reality TV and stuff like that. Okay. How so? Because uh, we we criticize it for being, like, fake. Mm-hmm. And... It's not. Oh, no, it is. Oh. But it's weird that we've decided that we have a problem with that. When all the other TV is fake and we're well aware of that. And then, like... Like Andy Kaufman, who I just talked about, he's, I think, one of the most brilliant people to ever live. And he, like, he did his, um, his wrestling bit where he was the intergender wrestling champion Mm -hmm. and he would wrestle women and just get people upset by the fact that he was wrestling with women. 
but the direct the people directly involved with that were all in on the bit they just didn't let the, the rest of the outside world know that it was a bit that only the insiders were in on yeah and in a way that's reality tv you know well i think what people a potential point of issue with some people. Are you using a a pad of paper, my wife's pad of paper? As a coaster. As a coaster. Uh-huh. Great. I think where some of the point of contention can stem from is that it's called reality, reality TV. Yeah, I guess that's so I think a little fair. people might think that they're trying to be duped. That's true. But I, yeah, I get that. But like, to be fair with the Andy Kaufman stuff, I think people were duped. People did think that absolutely Andy Kaufman and Jerry, the King Lawler hated each other and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff when they were good friends that nobody knew about. I think that's it though. If there's deception and people find out they're excited and flabbergasted. <clears throat> and if, but if the decept, oh, I don't know, I guess they both have, what deception. if I told you the magicians aren't actually magic? I would tell you to get the fuck out of my house <laughs> because I have watched a magician on YouTube mm-hmm. guess women's underwear color, what type of perfume they're wearing, which is magic now. And also <laughs> which is magic now. that is magic. what their desk, their uh, dream vacation, where it would Ooh. be in the world. He has done it. Now, I don't know. I think personally he does 400 of these a day and gets two successful ones uh-huh. and then edits it, puts it on YouTube and is now Or is it like that uh, that magician on uh, that pops up on your Facebook a lot and he like he's holding up pieces of paper that tell you like write down this blah, blah, blah. Yeah. add your birth date blah, blah and then it's like are you thinking of this number and people are like oh my god how do you do that I'm like it was a math equation it right was- it was a math equation. Yeah. It's going to be the certain, same for everybody. There was a certain point where he divided it by something that is always going to get you a two or something like that. People are easily fooled by Groucho Marx. But anyway, they made these Marx Brothers films. Can I guess what underwear color underwear you're wearing? Absolutely. Okay, look at me. Okay, I'm going to go gray. I'm not wearing underwear. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Um, Do you have any sort of a gray discoloration on your groin area well yes okay Se- so several i'm a fucking magician <laughs> um so later in groucho's career he as a real quick before we move yeah. on just because duck soup yeah do you know what it got on rotten tomatoes uh so i i read a little bit about it that it wasn't super well received at the time but in hindsight, it is viewed as the Marx Brothers masterpiece. Okay. So I'm going to say it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 91. 91, okay. Um, it's, it's Which we've talked about how Rotten as, Tomatoes as is bullshit film. after the time Rotten Tomatoes, uh, yes. its inception. Again, because yes, all of these reviews that are on there <laughs> were written decades after this movie actually yeah. came out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it takes place in this town and like Groucho shows up and like he's just doing like... Uh, I guess the best way I can compare it that most people would know about is like Abbott and Costello style mm-hmm. bits where he's just talking back and forth quickly with somebody making little wise, like stuff that in a movie today would not make any sense <laughs> at all. Like, because it's, it's not the way people speak and we expect to see somewhat honest representations of the way people speak and communicate in movies. And this was, I mean, it was basically like they translated stage act uh, comedy bits that they were doing right to uh, film. Yeah. But they just had more explosions and stuff like that because there was a war in this movie. So later in his career, Groucho was doing some radio work. He had a show sponsored by Pabst Blue Ribbon on the radio. Was it actually a beer at the time? No, it was just a ribbon. (laughs) And it, it was it given was, to was, show the, pigs and stuff at yeah, fairs. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, my pig found itself smart enough to get the Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> and it was one of those things where people, you know, enjoyed listening to Groucho. There was there was a time he in like nineteen in the nineteen forties where he went on the Bob Hope radio show. You know, Bob Hope, that famous comedian and mm-hmm. cancer researcher. Yes. Um, 
he he went on the Bob Hope show and he had to wait like 40 minutes for something and he was kind of upset about it. And he went on the show and instead of doing like the standard interview that was common, he kind of just ranted for the entire time and and riffed on things. And the producer of the show was a guy named uh, John Geidel. I'm going to pronounce his name and okay. nobody's going to correct me because nobody knows. Any That's better. how Groucho Marx would pronounce girdle. <laughs> I'm wearing a Geidel. <laughs> And uh, he thought, John Geidel did, this could be a fun game show. Ooh. And he went to Groucho with his idea for how he was going to turn Groucho ranting about stuff Mm -hmm. into a game show. Right. A quiz show, if you will. And Groucho kind of said, I don't want to host a game show. I'm not interested in that at all. I'm above that. And... He said, okay, but what if 90% of it is you just making jokes improv and then 10% of it is trivia questions? Yeah. And he said, okay. That's exactly what I would describe the show as. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the I pitch. think 90 is even generous. Yeah. I would say, or I, th- I think 90 is even conservative. I would say maybe 94. Yeah. So that was literally the pitch to Groucho to get him to do the show was, you don't have to go host a game show, just... Go make jokes with people. Here's the thing. We can just call it whatever we want. Exactly. It doesn't have to be that thing. Yeah. So they they started this as a radio show in 1947. Mm-hmm. And then in 1950, uh, it was filmed uh, for NBC TV. And it became a TV show through 1961. So... Um, the way the quote unquote game show worked mm-hmm. was you had our boy Groucho up right. there and there would be teams of two contestants, generally two or three teams per episode, half hour episode mm-hmm. would come out and they would be introduced <clears throat> and then Groucho would interview them for the majority of the time. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Before they came out. A stuffed duck wearing Groucho mustache and glasses Mm -hmm. would come down from the rafters. From the heavens, I would say. With a word on it, like walk, potentially. Mm -hmm. And that was the secret word of the day. And if any of the contestants, without knowing what the secret word was, at any point in their appearance, said the secret word, they got $100 to split between the two of them. They would be scared. Because the audience would erupt, they would not know what's going on, and then a duck would come down from the ceiling, and then they would realize, okay, I said the secret word. Yeah. So they would win $100 for saying the secret word. Sure. So, I mean, just for doing nothing, that's not bad. And a lot of times, or some of the times at least, Groucho would try and like guide the conversation in ways that might make them uh, say the secret word. Yeah. So that was part of the... I don't know, game show aspect of it. That should be an everyday life. If I say a special word, I get Think uh, about it. Money. Think about it. It's like it's similar to the psychology of why slot machines work. You just never know when you're gonna win, so you keep playing over and over and over because the interval is random. So if you were to post you let's say Facebook and talking. Facebook says Hey, uh, if you if you post a, a Facebook post with a certain word on it, we'll give you so a five. So everybody's going to make a Facebook post that day and hope that they have the word in there? Think about the traffic that drives. That's a good point. All right. Hey, Facebook, that is our idea. We've said it. Uh, copyright. And that's how, law, that's how copyright law works. That is, it's, it's, copy, it's copywritten as of this, or copyrighted as right. of this moment. Another R. And... Come to, we'll sell it to you for $50 million. Wow, let's just do 10. I don't want to be greedy. All right, 30. It's 35. Okay, perfect. <laughs> deal. Zuck, you've got a deal. And that's how you negotiate. Thank you. So he would, he would interview the people, and then after somewhere between three and 10 minutes of <laughs> interviewing the people, yeah. he would say, all right, now we've, we're going to play the show. Um, basically each team started with $20 and they were then asked four questions and they could wager 
as much or as little of the money that they had before the question on each question. Right. They chose, I think they were given a few category choices before the show. Um, category. 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 Uh, choices before the show. Um, and they chose one of those categories. And the questions came from that category. Mm-hmm. You bet your money. I get so if you bet 20, 40, 80, 160, you could have $320 after the four questions if you bet it all every time and get every question right. Max. Max. Maximum. So <clears throat> they would do that. Like I said, it was kind of it was pretty much an afterthought, those the question and answer portion, because that would be over in two minutes. And the rest yeah. of it was Groucho talking to these people and just trying to riff with them and make jokes about the answers to the interview questions that they gave. And 320 for those uh, for those inflation heads that listen to our show, uh-huh. it's about $6,000. Not bad. For 1940? No. Not that bad. That was probably for a 14 cars that you could buy. Yeah. Um. I mean, I remember my old boss said that in like the 60s, 60s or the 70s, he bought like a Porsche for $10,000. Brand new. So $6,000 in 1950, not bad. Yeah. So the, like I said, they would go through two or three of these people per episode. And that was entirely dependent on... How much Groucho talked to the people. <laughs> yeah. And this was this was one of the very, very few game shows that was actually filmed and edited afterwards before being sent off to TV stations because they never knew how long Groucho was going to talk and they didn't know what he was going to say that they were going to have to <laughs> edit out um, because he was a comedian just riffing and... They didn't want to offend people. Lose their sponsors, which they read in the middle of the show. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it was, again, one of these shows from that era where the sponsor was basically like in the title of the show half the time. Yeah. And. Which Dana Carvey tried to do and it did not work out. It did not work out as well for the Dana Carvey show. No. Admirable effort, though. Yeah. Good try. The Diet Dr. Pepper. Diet Root Beer. Oh, yeah. Diet Mug Root Beer. (laughs) Dana Carvey show and tried to change it every single week Um, because they kept losing the sponsor. Yes. So the uh, there and there was there. So there's an urban legend that how come there's never like suburban legends? Yeah. Rural legends. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. We'll look into that. Yeah. So there's an urban legend. Um. That or maybe it's just like the legends were like kind of rougher, less educated, and stuff like that, and uh, less wealthy, right? More crime, yeah. So sure. those are the urban legends, sure. Um, racial comedy, um, and they, or I guess classist comedy, is. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, but there are racist people that like just like in order to not sound racist, I think they tr- refer to black people as urban, like right. And urban just urban. means like a it, Dallas. It's an Australian country singer. It is Keith mm-hmm. Urban, married to uh, Nicole Kidman. Really? Yeah. It's fascinating. I thought so too. I did. I found that in my Groucho Marx research. <laughs> So there was an urban legend that there was an episode on which um, a, a woman appeared who had 20 children. Wow. 20 children. And you don't always get pregnant the first time you have sex. So that could have been 30 sexes. It could have been 21. And then... <laughs> Still one time yeah. it didn't work. Uh-huh. And uh, Groucho asked her how do you have 20 children? And she said, I really love my husband. Mm. And Groucho said, I love my cigar, but I take it out of my mouth every once in a while. 
and wow. and they had to um edit that they replaced cock with cigar <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they had to edit that out of the episode uh however there's a lot of debate about whether this is true or not. Somebody's lying about it. And in later years, I think Groucher denied saying it. Hmm. And he's, you know, kind of said, there's a lot of things that I said that I never said sort of thing. Ooh, that's a good quote. You know, kind of like a, a Yogi Berra sort of thing as well. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know that he actually said it, but it's pretty funny. It's a great comment. It's a, it's a good one. It's a good little zinger. So, the the two or three people, or the two or also, three teams... Also, it just kind of two, sounds like Groucho doesn't know how people get pregnant. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that he had any kids, so I think it makes sense. Um, the two or three teams were also, without having any knowledge of the other team's mm-hmm. scores, yeah. competing with each other to get the highest score. Which was? Um, or the prize for the highest score? Was you uh, you were asked the thousand dollar question, $1, and so it was one question that was that was worth a thousand dollars. And if you got it right, you you got a thousand dollars. If you got it wrong, you got you know whatever you won on the show. Probably eighteen thousand dollars. That's what it is today. Yeah, not bad. That that had to be higher than a salary, right? A year salary. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, no, I don't know about a thousand. I was, I was thinking eighteen thousand then was definitely way higher than a year's salary. Yeah. But a thousand dollars for, I mean, for some people, sure, probably, um, or pretty close at least. So, well, I'll, so there was, uh, there, there were, there were several. The people... median income for a man in nineteen forty uh-huh. was nine hundred and fifty-six dollars. Okay, so this was after that, though. This was the fifties. The fifties, yeah. Or it started in '47 and it got on TV in 1950. I'll I'll figure that out later. Okay, so um, there were several people on this show that kind of uh, were on the precipice of fame or gained in fame significantly okay. from being on this show. Um, for example, uh, Colonel Sanders was a contestant on the show. Um, you know, he invented chicken. He invented the chicken. Yep. Uh, Jack Lalanne. You know the the fitness guy with the juicer? No. You know Jack LaLanne? Mm-mm. So in Don't our in our day and age, he mostly is known for uh, selling a juicer because he's old as fuck. Uh, but he was a really big, one of the first big fitness people, uh, personalities. Okay. Uh, on this the is market. not Bowflex guy? No, that's Tony Robbins, I think. Okay. This is Jack LaLanne. He's dead. I mean... He was a guest on this from, show from like excessive juice consumption. Yeah, too much juice. Yeah, and uh, Phyllis Diller, her first uh, national TV appearance, one of the probably the first well-known female comedian in American history. Okay, uh, her first national TV appearance was as a contestant on this show. And so, an episode I watched, it had a guy on it, um, and he was introduced as Ramiro G. Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a Hispanic guy, obviously. And I believe he was uh, Mexican descent. And he was asked by Groucho questions like, um, what does the G stand for? And he answered, Gonzalez. Right. And that got a big laugh from the crowd. And he, he, Groucho said, you know, I, I have your name here as Ramiro G. Gonzalez. So what does the other G stand for? And he was like, my name is Ramiro Gonzalez Gonzalez. <laughs> uh, and again, that got another big laugh from the crowd. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he explained that, you know, his parents uh, were both had the last name Gonzalez before they married, which is why that's his name. And then it turned into like, so what does your wife call you? And he said, Pedro. And that got another huge laugh from there. Right. Again, because we don't understand different cultures than ours. So sure. they're funny. But he was also very, uh, very straight-laced, very stone-faced about all of his answers. Yeah. Which kind of made it funnier. But also kind of made me uh, feel uncomfortable <laughs> in like, 
is he in on the joke or is everybody making fun of him? I'm still not 100% positive yeah. on the answer to that. But this one, I mean, his interview, like the other woman, uh, that his partner like got like no questions because it was like 10 minutes of the Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez show, show um, <laughs> with all this back and forth. And like there were... Uh, there, there was a really funny line I thought where um, uh, Groucho was like, "Oh, you've got, you've got a really great wit. We should do a, a, a show, a show together. What would it be called?" Uh, and the hot tamales or something like that was Groucho's uh, suggestion, and uh, he said, uh, "I think we would call it Gonzalez, Gonzalez, and Marks." And Groucho said. A two-man show and I get third billing. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But um and then like they were going they were going through the show and they kept betting uh, you know, all but like I think they bet nineteen ninety one on the first question. Yeah. And then they kept betting all but the ninety one cents. And it seemed like uh our boy Pedro was really like once they started getting some money was really not interested in betting that much money on all of these subsequent subsequent questions yeah. like when they got up to like uh 79 91 or whatever he was he goes can we can we just leave <laughs> and scratch was like i mean you can bet one dollar like one cent you yeah. don't have to bet it all and he was like i need to buy beans tomorrow So I was like, got a lot of laughs. Anyway, like magic beans. Yeah, magic beans. Uh, so they won uh, because they kept getting them all right. Uh, their questions were very easy, um, and and they kept getting them right and uh, betting all but ninety one cents each time. So they so they won the show. They got to the thousand dollar question, which was incredibly easy, and they missed. Yeah, which was disappointing to me uh, because it was God destroyed two cities. One of them was Sodom. What was the other? Sodomite. That's a person in Sodom. Okay. Gomorrah. Sodomize. Gomorrah. Oh. Um, and they did not get it correct. They were not good Christians. Um, but John Wayne. Gacy. Nope. Okay. Judy Wayne Gacy. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, Janice Wayne. Janice Wayne. <laughs> whatever. Uh, John Wayne, the Western star. Watt the Duke, as many know him kind of his i want to say western nickname but that's not a very western nickname but that was his nickname yeah the duke john wayne was watching this episode and he thought this guy's great i want him to be in my next western and groucho or pedro gonzalez gonzalez <laughs> pedro and pedro gonzalez gonzalez who was like um i believe he described his job as like somebody who it sounded like an assistant type of okay. job. Like an assistant beam su- uh, supplier. An assistant bean supplier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why he was worried about buying the beans. <laughs> um, and he went on to have a fairly successful film and television career. Wow. Playing as like a character actor. Like he was, um, he was in like Speedy Gonzalez cartoons mm-hmm. um, as some of like the side characters in those. Uh, he was in a lot of Western films and uh like he had credits from like i think he was on this show in 53 so the first movie he got in was in 53 and then he had credits up until like the 90s the 90s yeah what yes i being on this show made a star of pedro gonzalez gonzalez wow so hey being being on this show can can really take you places (laughs) um there, I mean, this was this was a big thing in popular culture. There was a, a Bugs Bunny uh, cartoon where Bugs Bunny puts on Groucho mustache and glasses mm-hmm. and um, does a, a spoof of this with Elmer Fudd as the contestant. Okay. But uh, it's called You Beat Your Wife, which was funnier back then. Yeah. Uh, that was something we could joke about. Can't joke about that as much. Uh, anymore but even continuing on i guess the warner, warner brothers loved this because there was also an animaniacs uh you bet your life parody as well but okay. it was like uh 
if you missed it, you got hit over the head with a gigantic hammer sort of thing. So it's like getting slimed, but way more dangerous. Right. I mean, you're betting your life. So wow. Let's be, let's be legitimate with our uh, claims here about what you're betting. So uh, it went off uh, the air in uh, 1961, but again, because this was really just a vehicle for Groucho, it continued for another year as the Groucho Show. Yeah. And then when uh, when NBC was like repackaging it to sell like syndicated versions of the show to local stations and things like that, um, they just called it Best of Groucho, and they would very oddly uh, crop and edit the the uh, sponsors out of the episodes. Okay. And so like when the contestants are up there, there's like a big logo <laughs> yeah. of the sponsor behind them. So like. They would just like push in like super close up on Groucho and like one of the contestants at a time. And so it was super fuzzy and out of focus because they just zoomed in on all this stuff. And (laughs) there would be weird cuts and edits where they said the sponsor names and stuff like that that they would edit out. Um, And and I think they tried to edit out the NBC logo because they wanted to sell it to other stations as well. Uh So the best of Groucho ended up being this really weird, goofy thing. Um, but the end of Groucho, I mean, he, well, he died in like 1977, but anyway, uh, wasn't the end of this show. Good. So please tell me Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez. He, he's the the new host. Yeah. So there was a revival in 1981 with comedian Buddy Hackett. Okay. He couldn't hack it. Exactly. So it only lasted for one season. Right. Um, 1981-82. There was another revival in 1992, hosted by a man that I know is your favorite comedian of all time. Yeah. Somebody that you look up to and admire everything about the way that he carries himself. Ben Stein. Bill Cosby. Um, I mean... So so Bill Cosby hosted a revival uh-huh. in uh, 1992. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think like the audiences at home uh, just couldn't pay attention. They would just... Pass so out hard. in the middle of it oh, and was... wake up the next day not even remembering anything about it. Right. Um, Which really hurts a show that's trying to build an audience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so so it also only lasted one season, which is a shame because, I mean, he, he deserves all the success mm-hmm. in, in the world. Right. Uh, to be honest with you. So, so I'm really sad that that didn't work out for the cause. Um, but I've got great news for you. Yeah. About Bill Cosby. Um, I do not have great news about Bill Cosby. No. Um, I've got great news about, uh, for you about this show since you love it so much. Okay. It's coming back again with Groucho. No, then I don't. I would say it's coming back with the modern day Groucho. Please tell me it's, uh, the guy who was in Schitt's Creek. The dad. Oh, kind of a modern day Groucho. He kind of looks like him. Um, and has great facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't have a lazy eye, though. Eugene Levy is his name, by the way. Yeah. Um, no. Mm. Jay Leno. You think that Jay Leno is a modern day Groucho Marx? Right. In the fact that neither of them make me laugh very much, but every once in a while. You didn't laugh during Duck Soup? I mean, there were definitely parts where I laughed, but again, it's more of a historical record of what comedy was in 1933. Okay. There there were parts that I definitely still laughed at, but it was the still the very early days of performative mass appeal comedy. And so, like I said, they would kind of take things that quick back and forth wisecracks that you know i guess work on stage in a small environment Mm -hmm. where you're not used to seeing and hearing that sort of thing and then they transfer it onto the screen and it's very unnatural um and the there are definitely funny parts uh there if it was 90 years ago yeah it would probably be a lot funnier i think (laughs) Um, but yeah, Jay Leno is hosting a revival this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a car. It's called 
Jay Leno in a car with contestants getting coffee. It's close. It's called You Bet Your Life. Oh. Um, and he's bringing back his uh, his old uh, band leader, Kevin Eubanks. Okay. To be a sidekick or something on the show. And, I mean, I'm interested to see what it, it's like, I guess. Because, like I said, the original show was a vehicle for Groucho to improv and mm-hmm. riff with people. Yeah. To what extent... Is it going to be like that for Jay Leno? To what extent can Jay Leno do that in a way that is funnier to people other than, like, my grandma? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I'll check it out. I know you hate Jay Leno. I don't hate him. That's what you've told me. <laughs> uh, you hate him and his stupid cars, you said. What are you reading right now that's so more so much more important than the I'm podcast? I'm just saying, I don't understand this headline. It says, Fox's Jay Leno hosted You Bet Your Life uh-huh. reboot sold in 85% of U.S. ahead of fall debut. Um, Like the market? 85% of the market? I assume so, but if it's a Fox show, you'd assume it would just be on every Fox network. Right. They wouldn't necessarily have to sell it into all of them. Okay, anyway. But I don't know. So, yeah, it's it's coming out in a couple months. This new Jay Leno version of You Bet Your Life. Are they... Like, I bet there isn't as much improv. I, I, You're probably right. I bet there's probably not going to be a duck in Groucho glasses coming down with a secret word. There's got to still be a secret there, I word. Bet, I bet something very similar comes out. A big chin thing or something? Yeah. What's something, something that has a, a big chin? Um, I don't know. An, an old iPhone? I mean, I guess you could say, like... The uh, a seagull? No, not a seagull. Uh, the ones that have the big old jowl. Oh, a pelican. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe a pelican instead of a duck. Yeah. Um, I know. Wasn't there? There was some children's like Nickelodeon show back in the day where the Crimson Chin was a superhero that was like a Jay Leno parody. Okay. Like the Fairly Odd Parents or something. No, it wasn't that. But it was some sort of show like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Jay's gonna try and do this. Good luck, Jay. Is, I mean, is he gonna have as much success as Bill Cosby, one of the greats? <laughs> Nobody's gonna have as much success with women, just in general in life. Yeah, and life was the name of a woman that he would hang out with a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, so this show, like I said, in terms of being a game show, not much. I would say it is. It was as much of a game show as I am a podcast a, host. A podcast host, right. <laughs> yeah. In that it happens for an hour once a week. Okay. I think, yeah, to your point, it's enjoyable because it's just people talking and being so... And, and I mean, the contestants... This was a time where everybody didn't have a camera on them at all times. We've talked about this before, how we live in a completely different society mm-hmm. now where everybody is constantly performing all the time. So everybody's used to performing. The contestants on this show were not performers. I mean, aside from like the Phyllis Dillers and mm-hmm. the luckouts with the Pedro Gonzalez Gonzalez's, there, there were really, really insanely ordinary people it was like on this show double dare it was like the children in double right dare. they weren't necessarily giving a lot to work with they weren't even like uh reacting to the jokes a lot of times like not acknowledging that he made a joke and laughing along or anything like that mm-hmm. they were just like kind of stone-faced like nervous yeah, that's my that's my answer what focusing on just being very present brief, yeah very brief answers to his questions that he would then try and riff off of yeah so I think there's definitely some charm to that because, again, we're all just performing now. And, all the time. And Case in point. And they wouldn't put people on this show now unless they had vetted them and tested their performance chops. And how likable are they going to be to single women 42 to 49? we got to get that divorcee market. Then that's when women are horniest, too. Right, so you got to get a 
a Patrick Dempsey type of yeah, character. The Eugene Levies of the world. <laughs> exactly. You got to get a somebody that a 42 to 49 year old woman is getting hot for. <laughs> yeah. What if it's not that? What if they keep the integrity of the show the same and they don't do a whole lot of vetting and they specifically look for people that have stage fright? I think I would enjoy it more. I think I would enjoy it. It'd be it different. More. What if Jay wore the Groucho glasses? At all times. <laughs> all time. What if instead of grease paint, he just smeared shit all over his face? That's, a, that's an option. No, that would be a form of brown face. Oh, yeah, that's offensive. Yeah. Um, brown face. Um, but grease paint isn't blackface? It's not. Okay. And oh, so uh, we didn't mention that by the time that he did You Bet Your Life, when, when it started to be a TV show, they were like, oh, yeah, you got to do the Groucho stuff. And he was like, no. And so he just grew a mustache. He was like, <laughs> I'll just have a, my own mustache. Yeah. And uh, then he kept that for the rest of his life. Wow. And even uh, I think they did two more Marx Brothers films after this. And he painted the grease mustache over the top of his regular mustache. <laughs> it's a man who has integrity for his character yeah so yeah i've got i've got a i got a collection of uh mark's brothers blu-rays i can work myself through let you know it sounds like the first one wasn't great i don't know why you would buy all of them well i bought them all at once before watching any of them i've been trying to to have them i've been trying to uh do more like research into the history of comedy um to try and find a way to be funny. Yeah, I I have no idea. You're like Nothing those people so that far. know a lot about something, but they just can't be good. Teachers. At it. <laughs> what? You think teachers know a lot about stuff but can't teach? No, no, no. They can teach. Mm-hmm. They can't do the thing they know a lot about, like be a historian. I see. Or a scientist or something mm-hmm. like that. Or a prof- or a professional. What? Artist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Artist. Right. That's the saying. That's the insulting saying about teachers. Yeah. Those who can't teach. Do, me teach me once, shame on me. Yeah. <laughs> teach me twice. Shame on you. Right. Exactly. Right. Um isn't your wife a teacher? And you're do you saying want to do these, the make it better? You're saying all these do you want to do the make it better? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. How Please you make, after you. How would you make your wife better? No, no, no. I would make I no. I would make the show better. Oh, okay. Uh, I would have more than one secret word. Okay, add a few more secret words. It might take the charm out of it, but I do like that part. I was it was eagerly awaiting someone to say it. So there was a part when um, I think uh, like the sixty four thousand dollar question came out in nineteen fifty five, and Groucho announced on the show that uh, there are these other shows coming out with big prizes. So as a response, um, going forward, we are going to take the secret word, and instead of being a hundred dollar jackpot, we're going to make it a hundred one dollar jackpot. <laughs> and so they did. <laughs> um, on the same vein of secret mm-hmm. word, I want to make it crazy hard. The secret word, and maybe one of the secret words is a super secret word. Okay. And so, like, demonstrably right, thrown in there as, right. like, a $1,000 word. Right. Or, like, um, Rudy Giuliani. Okay. So, it sounded like your first make it better was make the secret word part easier. And your uh-huh. second make it better is make the secret word part harder. No. Just <laughs> one of the secret okay. words needs to be much harder. Okay. And if they get it, <clears throat> they automatically win the full prize amount shows over. Wow. So, they just at, like... 11:43 in the morning the show just it goes to the american flag and it plays <laughs> plays the national anthem exactly uh groucho marx i think there should be a little bit of a game show twist on his end ooh i think groucho marx should have to guess their profession based on questions that he's asking ooh uh it would narrow his uh, a conversation right but I think that would be fun to see him try and guess something. And I think there should be more Groucho Marx. 
more Groucho Marx. Yeah. The show that you established was 94% Groucho doing riffs. Yeah. Let's kick that sucker up to 96. <laughs> okay. He was so good. So you like, you're a big fan of Groucho now that you've been introduced to him. Yeah. He was so sincere, but also would inject humor. I don't know. You know how some people are trying to, jo- and I was like this when I was younger, you would find every opportunity to throw in a joke and you would do it to get a laugh right yeah in your head you're thinking i'm enhancing this conversation Uh everybody's laughing yeah and you grow up and you realize you were just snowballing no what's the term what do you mean what term you You were just uh uh steamrolling steamrolling the conversation and trying selfishly trying to get you know you know divert the attention to you and i feel like he just was aware that he was an entertainer right he would throw in a little joke Mm mm-hmm and it and kind a of lot get of the time the wasn't really yeah, and it wasn't always at the expense of the individual. It was a this is a funny observation about something you said, and also I think he seemed very sincere talking to these people. He wanted to learn about them, so I felt that he balanced it super well, and it was just fun to listen to him talk. It's kind of like at the uh, now that I know you've watched the the new Bo Burnham special mm-hmm. at the beginning when he talks about what he can do. To make a difference while making money and being the center of attention. Right. That's kind of what what you were like mm-hmm. in your steamroller days. Minus the money part. Well, right. Obviously. Yeah. That's never. I was making emotional dollars. <laughs> yeah. I was building up my. Yeah. Uh, myself. Your self-esteem currency. Basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, laugh coin. And it will be debuting <laughs> recently. It, it will be or in soon. your. um light wallet account coinbase app yeah uh in the near future and we are going to be selling um nfts of these episodes mm-hmm. with laugh coin yes is that what every time a baby giggles you get a coin you but you have to make the baby giggle yeah see a lot of these i don't know if you guys know but a lot of these um cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. are a really big drain on resources they Absolutely. use a lot of energy it's a, they're actually quite bad for right the environment right a lot of people which is fear-based a lot of people associate the recent uh downturn in the crypto market to elon musk pointing out that they're very bad for the environment mm-hmm. um laugh coin is entirely powered by baby laughter correct so um it's 100 renewable um all you got to do is play some peekaboo right it's and if you need to review something that might help you in your journey of uh, being funny or finding things that make mm-hmm. people laugh, I would highly recommend Monsters Inc., which and is Duck the exact uh, that's the know, plot. That's the exact yeah, plot of, that is the of plot, Monsters yeah. Inc. Yeah. So is Pixar going to sue us for laugh coin? I've heard that Pixar doesn't like suing. Okay, well, Disney as well. They just don't like suing people. I guess we're good. So so yeah, this this show. It will, it's coming back, I guess, on Fox in 85% of markets. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> oh, wow. So you've already reviewed what it's going to be. Yeah. Jay Leno is no Groucho Marx. Wow. He's gonna, he is going to say Forrest the same way, though. Forrest. Forrest. We're going to start. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought he did a good job, Groucho. What, what, what's, your, uh, what's your buzzer rating? One to oh, five I'm buzzers. going a full five. Five buzzers going for you, full five. Wow. I'm going full five and a mustache. Okay, I'll just give it... Uh, I'm going to go five cigars. Okay, I'm going to give it uh, three and a half. Explain yourself. <laughs> what? Explain yourself. I I enjoyed it. I thought Groucho is, is a fun, entertaining personality. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as being a game show, mm-hmm. there's about three out of the 30 minutes that are... A game show? Sure. So technically it's a game show. So yes, technically it is a game show. Sure. Uh, I thought there could have been a, maybe a little more game show to it. I understand that Groucho wasn't particularly interested in that. Okay. Um, and again, I, I defer to him a little bit there. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I, I laughed at it. Mm-hmm. These are all positive things about the show. I'm waiting to hear where the one and a half buzzers is lost. Well, I told you it's not much of a game show. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I liked it. Check it out on YouTube because you can't watch this anywhere else. Also, just quickly, 
mind blowing to me that there were so many episodes I could watch and there are shows in the fifties that just don't exist anymore. Yeah. It is crazy. Like shows in the seventies that don't exist anymore. Yeah. And this, yeah. Well, I guess it's because a lot of it got sold up as like the Groucho show and people, you know, the Marx brothers were beloved for a few decades by this point. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's you bet your life. You bet your life it is. You bet your life it was a damn good show. You, I'm going to take Geidel. your life because you don't think it was a good show. I thought it was good. I said it was good. Three and a half on It was also, um, they claimed to be in 1949, the first television show filmed in front of a studio audience. Uh, film historians claim that I Love Lucy was. And they're wrong? I don't know. I don't know who's wrong. Well, I think um, this maybe didn't air before I Love Lucy or something like that, but it was filmed before or something, something along those lines because it was like a, it was a test to see if it worked on TV because it had been on radio for yeah. a couple of years by that point. So, yeah, I mean, it, I would say it's a kind of a, a revolutionary show in, in a few different ways with, with a really revolutionary uh, performer. Absolutely. And now you should go watch horse feathers or animal crackers. Okay. So there's always a monkey business animal involved. Not always, but in quite a few of them yep right okay mm-hmm. those were all real marx brothers films okay um but and those all also had uh the four of them those all had zeppo also before he peaced out yeah. didn't really like the show business thing sure so he went to go be like an engineer and i think zeppo and gummo started a, a like a production agency and a lighter yeah company a lighter company yeah that's where that's where zeppo and the gumball company that you see in restaurants that are all gummo yeah yeah and those gumballs are hard as fuck yeah well because they were all actually put in there by gummo marks in 1943 that makes sense and now it makes sense yeah that is you bet your life this has been another episode of come on down the game show and cigar aficionado podcast (laughs) yep thank you winston churchill thank you churchill Thank you to the Marx Brothers. Thank uh-huh. you to Mama Marx for just forcing your boys into the vaudeville lifestyle. Uh-huh. Thank you to the Marx Brothers for not being that good at music. So they did comedy successfully yep. um, instead. Thank you to Surround Sound Nonstop News. And uh, thank you to you guys for listening yeah. every week. We, we wouldn't you. be here if it weren't for you, even though we were here in spite of or before before you you even existed we don't even know if anybody is out there right so fuck off it's just kind of like we are scientists shooting random radio waves into the space and just waiting for something to come back yeah which is interesting because uh we have to also hope that the the aliens out there Mm -hmm. have advanced radio technology sure like like we didn't figure that out until a hundred years ago, yeah, hundred fifty years ago, uh, of our hundred thousand years of existence and of our five billion years of this planet's right. existence, and so we like send that out there, and we're looking for other radio signals, which, I mean, the nearest planet with life could be eighty-five million light years away, yeah, and so we, if we're looking for that, we better hope that somebody out there had already developed radio 85 million years ago. I mean, it seems like it makes sense to me. High chance of finding alien life. All right. Hey, listen, this guy's read two pages of a UFO book, so... And so it's infinity more pages than you've read in the book. That's true. All right, uh, this has been Come On Down. We will see you guys next time. Foist. They're out there. You can't end every episode like that. (laughs) 